The Johnson Wax Program, tonight starting its 10th year with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Gardens are moving into the limelight again, and already I hear my friends and neighbors planning how many rows of carrots and beans and how many tomato plants they should set out to make 1944 even a better garden year than 1943. And while I think about it, I'd like to tell you how you can make your gardening work easier this year. It's by taking better care of your tools, your rake, hoe, and spade. You've undoubtedly noticed how much more fun it is to use tools that are clean and well cared for. Then try this. Clean them thoroughly. Get off the dirt and rust. And then wax them, both the metal parts and the wooden handles, with genuine Johnson's Wax. You'll find them easier to use, easier to keep clean. Always clean them off before you put them away, and at the end of the season, give them another good Johnson's Waxing. They'll last longer, will be protected against corrosion. Yes, the same Johnson's paste or liquid wax that you use to protect and beautify your floors, furniture, and woodwork will prove to be a good protector of your Victory Garden tool. if you were convinced a German spy lived across the street from you. You'd keep an eye on him, wouldn't you? Well, here, keeping an eye on the man across the street, we find that eminent counter-espionage agent X-13, better known in civilian life as Mr. McGee, of Fibber McGee and Molly. Look at him, the dirty Nazi. I'll bet he blows up the post office before the week is out. If he only knew that he... What on earth are you doing peeking out that window? The collector for the piano won't be here for another two weeks. <laughs> I know that. I'm watching that guy across the street. You mean Mr. Schmaltz? Yeah. Frank Schmaltz. You know what that guy is? He's a Nazi spy. That's what he is. He's a dirty Sabatini. <laughs> you mean Sabatour. Sabatini is a writer. Sure, he's a writer. And in code, too, if you ask me. I've had my eye on that guy ever since he refused to let me borrow his lawnmower. Oh, dear. If everybody who refused to loan you things was a German spy, dearie, we might as well give up. We're surrounded. Well, it wasn't just that, baby. I got this guy nailed on several counts. In the first... Oh, get away from the window. He's coming out. No, he went back in. He shut the door. You see? Would an innocent guy do stuff like that? Oh. Look, dearie, there are four well-known freedoms. The fifth one is the privilege of opening and shutting your own front door whenever you want to. Okay, okay. Scoff if you want to. Deride. But by George, when they hang this guy by the neck until he's dead in the electric chair, you'll admit that I was... Who's that? Don't move or I'll shoot. Who is it? Who? Who? Oh, calm yourself, McGee. It's just Alice. Oh, well, what's the matter, Mr. McGee? You seem kind of nervous. Now keep away from the window, Alice. There's a German spy across the street. That guy smiles. <laughs> McGee thinks he's a spy because he wouldn't loan him his lawnmower, Alice. Oh, but I've met Mr. Smart 
Johnson, I think he's very nice, Mr. McGee. I see him all the time out near the airplane plant. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> out near the airplane plant, eh? You hear that, Molly? Well, I've walked out near the airplane plant lots of times myself without getting any nasty notes from J. Edgar Hoover. Oh, well, I'm sure he doesn't mean any harm, Mr. McGee. All he does is walk around and take pictures. Take pictures? <laughs> oh, is that all? Just goes out to the airplane plant to take pictures. My gosh, girls, don't that mean anything to you? Well, it does to me. It means that all the time he's out there, you haven't once broken into his garage to borrow the lawnmower. Well, besides, Mr. McGee, he doesn't take pictures of the airplane plant. Huh? He doesn't? No. Uh-uh. He just takes pictures of us girls when we're out on the lawn during the noon hour. You see, McGee, he's merely a middle-aged masher with a negative personality. <laughs> you sure he don't take any pictures of the plant, Alice? Oh, never, Mr. McGee. And I don't even see how his pictures of us girls ever come out good with all those airplanes parked in the background. Gee, you'd think he'd want... Airplanes? He lines you kids up to take pictures just for an excuse to get airplanes in the pictures. Can't you see that? What kind of cameras he got? Well, creepers, Mr. McGee, I don't remember, but I think it's a little like a... A little like a what? Come, come, girl. (laughs) This is important. A little like a what? Well, it's just a little like a... Ah, women. (laughs) My gosh, can't get any sense out of them. I'm telling you, this guy's a dangerous character that ought... I got it. I got it on the floor. Quick. He caught on to me. She shook it out. Hey, lay down, Molly. Lay down. Don't be silly. Huh? That was a milk truck backfiring. Oh. <laughs> but what broke the window? McGee stuck his hand through it when the truck backfired. <laughs> Are you cut, dearie? Uh, no. Just tore my coat sleeve a little. <laughs> well, that just goes to show you, you got to be Jerry at the Rapple on a case like this. <laughs> Mind my words, Alice. Keep an eye on that small sky. Oh, I will. I will, Mr. McGee. I'm sure he doesn't mean any harm, though. He usually just picks out the prettiest girl there and asks me if he can take my picture. But I'll be careful. <laughs> begin to see, Molly. He goes out to the airplane plant and takes pictures with a German camera. He's got a German accent and a German haircut. Ah, a German haircut doesn't mean anything. You see thousands of GI haircuts these days, but they don't mean German intelligence. (laughs) Oh, it isn't just those things, kiddo. I met him coming out of the music store the other day with some sheet music under his arm. And you know who wrote it? Who? Berlin. Reporting to the authorities. Hand me the phone. Though if you're not absolutely sure. Hand me the phone. Please. There's such a thing as the law of slander, you know, so... Please, Mrs. McGee, the phone. Or is it libel I'm thinking of? I never knew the difference between libel and slander, but the main thing I'll is... I'll get it myself. Hello, operator. Give me the local office of the FBI, say. Is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Is he? What's say, Mert? Your cousin in the Navy. Chief pretty officer, eh? <laughs> it isn't pretty, McGee. It's petty. Petty ought to see this pretty. She's away. <laughs> What's say? What's say, Mert? Okay, I'll call later. The FBI's busy. What are you going to do now? I'm just going to keep my eye peeled and then... Uh-oh, get away from the window. He's coming out. Look, he just threw a cigar butt over the porch railing. Now he's gone, he's gone back in. Well, that seemed innocent enough. Innocent? My gosh, don't you get it? He threw a cigar into the rose bushes with his right hand while gazing up in the air. That cold. It means rice to rose in Havana. That things are looking up. Hand me that phone again, quick. Operator, 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 quick. Quick, quick,
Uh, you bet your sweet life I am, baby. That guy across the street is a Nazi spy if I ever saw one. And I seen one. <laughs> I called the chief of police and told him, too. What'd he say? He told me to stand by. He did? In so many words, to stand by? Well, not so many words, no. He told me next time I go past the book, stand by a good mystery story. Here <laughs> <laughs> I wrap a case up and drop it in his lap, and he laughs it off. My gosh, I don't want any glory out of this. Even any publicity. Even if they give me the Congressional Medal or something, I try to keep it out of the papers. I suppose the newsreels would have to have it, though. Maybe I better have a short statement ready to give him on the time down. Come on, come in, come in with your hands up. You're covered. Oh, You're... Oh, oh. Oh. McGee, it's just Mr. Wellington. You may put your hands down, Mr. Wellington. Thank you. Are you playing G-Man Junior or Junior G-Man? <laughs> just keeping an eye on the guy across the street. Smalls. He's a German spy. Mm, really? And what is the basis of this somewhat startling conclusion? Well, he wouldn't lend McGee his lawnmower. Ah, conclusive evidence if I ever heard it. That's it. Undoubtedly guilty also of the Chicago fire, the Black Tom explosion, the suiting of Dan McGrew, the wreck of the old 97, and a brother-in-law of Flat Top. <laughs> Personally, I think McGee is off on the wrong foot this time, which in his case is either one. Is there anything we could do for you, Mr. Wellington? I merely wish to inquire if this was your bicycle clip, which was left in my theater the other night, McGee. Oh, sure. Much obliged, Sig. I wondered where I lost that sleeve garter. Sleeve garter? Mm-hmm. Well, then you don't ride a bicycle. Oh, not since he was a boy, Mr. Wellington. In those days, he used to ride a bicycle with gay abandon. Yeah, she rode on the handlebars. <laughs> Who did? Gay abandon. That was Louis Abandon's little daughter that lived down the street from McGee. Yeah. <laughs> he had quite a crush on her when he was ten years old. I was only nine. I just looked ten because I always wore my football suit. <laughs> I always wore my football suit because it was padded and I was always falling off my bicycle. So you think you don't think Frank Smaltz is a spy, eh, Wellington? I do not. Definitely. In fact, I should be inclined to poo-poo the whole idea, excepting that I do not consider it worthy of a double poo. <laughs> However, I shall give the story to my cousin, a police lieutenant, who likes to see his name in the paper for a few para. Graphs? Mm, yes, a few thousand a year, I suppose. Well, good day. <laughs> My theory isn't getting much support, theory. It's sickening, that's what it is. It's sickening. A guy as obvious to spy as old Frank, he smalts over there, and nobody but me catches on to it. That's just the trouble, McGee. He's too obvious to be a spy. That's exactly how clever he is, see? Don't you get it, Molly? He acts like a spy, so everybody will say, my gosh, he acts so much like a spy, he can't possibly be one, and I'm the only one that caught on. Well, my goodness, the man won't... Uh, hello, folks. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Waxy. Look. <laughs> you know anything about that guy, Smoss, that lives across the street? That Nazi spy? What makes you think Frank is a spy, pal? That Eric von Stroheim haircut? Well, he wouldn't loan McGee his lawnmower, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, it isn't that. Entirely. It's a lot of things, Junior. He's always taking pictures out at the airplane plant. And he keeps pigeons. How large a coat has he got? I'd say about a 44 stub, Mr. Wilcox, with padded shoulders. No, oh, no, you know. no, no. He means a dove coat, Molly. Oh, Big enough for 40 or 50 birds, Junior. I caught one in a net Saturday and found a message tied to his leg. Well, what did it say? It said, roses are red, violets are blue. I mind my own business, why don't you? <laughs> Just 
the same. One of these fine days, I'm going to manage to get his fingerprints, and when I send them down to Washington... Gee, will you show them to me, pal? Huh? Why, sure, Junior. Are you interested in espionage, Mr. Wilcox? No, no, no. I'm just interested in fingerprints. You are, huh? I sure am. They fascinate me. Oh. I guess that's because I see so few of them. In police stations, you mean? No, no, in people's homes and offices. You see, with so many people using Johnson's wax on their furniture and woodwork, and what were you going to say, dearie, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what? I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, we will now hear from our Mr. Wilcox on behalf of something or other, but uh, that seems kind of silly now. <laughs> so you don't think Smaltz is a spy, eh, Junior? I think the very idea is ridiculous. Oh, yeah? Well, I got to talking to the mailman the other day and was sort of idly thumbing through the mail while talking to him, and you know what? What? He had some mail addressed to Franklin Delano Smaltz. <laughs> Who does he think he's kidding with that stuff? So what? People have been naming children after presidents for a hundred years. Yes, but I'll have to admit that uh, Mr. Schmaltz has a very heavy beard for a 12-year-old boy. I'll say he has. Franklin Delano Schmaltz. It's an atlas, that's what it is. A what? An atlas. You know, an assumed name. <laughs> you mean alias, dearie. Uh, oh, I do, eh? Well, then who's the little girl who walked through the looking glass? Alice. Oh, yeah? Well, who's the guy that holds the world up on his shoulders? That's Atlas. <laughs> what are you two trying to do? Make me out a complete illiterate? <laughs> Atlas is the horns on a moose, and you know it. Oh, no, pal. Those are antlers. Oh, yeah? Well, then what's the term for a baby ant? Antlers, so quit quibbling. <laughs> And you think Smaltz is okay, eh, Junior? I certainly do. As a matter of fact, from something I saw him do the other day, I'd say he was a typical American. What was that, Mr. Wilcox? Well, he left his engine running outside the gas ration board while he went in and yelled for 40 minutes about how they were making it so tough for him. Forget it, pal. You're on the wrong track. <laughs> all worked up over nothing. Heavenly day, just because a man won't let you take his lawnmower doesn't make him an enemy alien. It makes him an enemy. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, can you leave your witch hunting long enough to go wash up for dinner? No, I'm sorry, Molly. I, I ain't not going to stir from this window. I'll have my dinner right here. All right, my lord and master. Your slightest whim is my command. Hmm? Up to a point, which we haven't quite reached. But we're getting close. <laughs> I'll have Beulah set a card table nearby the window. Oh, Beulah! Am I free for Beulah yet? <laughs> Look, Beulah, I want to keep an eye on the guy across the street. Would you mind serving our dinner right here on a car table? No, so whoever you want it, you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> who the man across the street, sir? Man named Schmaus, Beulah. Mr. McGee thinks he might be a Nazi spy. Mm -hmm. Goodness sake. Mm -hmm. He come nasty spying around me, and I'm going to just stop him across the head with a frying pan. <laughs> Make it a roasting pan, Beulah. I got a feeling we're going to cook his goose. Cook his goose up in Love that man. <laughs> what are we having for dinner tonight, Beulah? Oh, going to be real tasty, ma'am. Potage Rockaway, followed by beef Richelieu and sauce Creole. Pam de Blay and Poudin Chateau for dessert. Mm. Wow. Aren't we getting kind of fancy, Beulah? No, sir. Huh? <laughs> That's just cookbook for clam chowder, hamburger, and onions, cornbread, and cottage pudding. <laughs> well, well, I don't mind.
been telling you, Beulah, you're one of the best cooks I ever knew, in French or English. Thank you, ma'am. And in return, may I say you is two of the finest eaters I ever knew, including the Scandinavian labels that I worked for in 1932. <laughs> you ever go to a school of domestic science, Beulah? The best one is, sir, the OPK Academy. OPK? Where's that? Other people's kitchen. <laughs> well, you sure learned your racket, Beulah. You stick pretty close to the cookbook. Well, my mama used to tell me, if Beulah's your thing, always remember, some cooks can make a old hot water bottle taste like a fine piece of beef. Mm-hmm. But the versa can really get to be a vice. <laughs> well, excuse me, I'll get back to the <laughs> The Kingsman sing, it's love, love, love. Oh, you got a chill, you never had it before. You don't know just what goes below, boy. You feel a thrill, you make a dash for the door. You're a glow with a fabulous joy. If your heart goes bump, a bump, 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 it is a knocking on your ribs for fun. And if your nerves go jump, a jump, 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 you better get the nearest creature on the run. You giggle when you shouldn't, you wiggle like an elf And though you thought you wouldn't, you'll be talking to yourself Here's an ample sample Imagine her, imagining that she loves me Enough to start a family tree Imagine us together in a family tree She's a mama, papa's me If your brain goes jiggity, jig, 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 it's if your feet go but local stations, unless we shut off the refrigerator and wore headphones. Yeah, but this is a different thing. Smoltz has got an aerial 90 feet long. Look at the darn thing. Hmm. You sure that isn't a clothesline? Clothesline? 30 feet off the ground? Even his long underwear isn't that long. I'm telling you, that guy can send messages to Tokyo with an aerial like that. Oh, McGee, this is a lot of nonsense. You spent the whole day peeping out of the windows and... Get in front of me, Molly, quick. I'll shoot over your shoulder. Ah, don't be silly. Come in. Oh, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Doctor. Hello, Molly. Hi, medicine man. How are you today, Decibel? 
Want to go for a walk? I can't leave the front window, Doc. I'm keeping an eye on the guy across the street. He's a German spy. Frank Schmaltz? A German spy? Yeah. <laughs> McGee, you kill me. <laughs> the first sensible suggestion I've heard today. <laughs> and I tell you, Doc, this guy is a dangerous alien. Oh, chutney. <laughs> Trouble with you, McGee, is you haven't enough to occupy your mind. Sit around on your imagination all day and dream up fancy crimes for the neighbors. Is that so? Why, you short-sighted, dull-witted, walking delegate of the Butcher's Union, you can't see a case of sabotage when it's dangled in front of your puffy old eyes. Why, you little dime store Dick Tracy, you wouldn't recognize a spy if you saw him coming ashore in a rubber boat. Go douse yourself with some tannic acid. You're suffering from third-degree William J. Burns. Is that so? Yes. By George, you... Ah, now, boy, stop it. Certainly. Well, you think uh, Mr. Schmaltz is all right, do you, Doctor? Certainly. What makes you think he's a spy? He wouldn't lend McGee his lawnmower. But hypomydermic. Good day. <laughs> Molly, gee whiz, loaning me his lawnmower didn't have much to do with it. All I'd done was to make me suspicious in the first place. But nevertheless, dearie, the doctor is right. This whole thing is silly, and I'll go help Beulah set up a card table. Okay. Ah, oh, there goes a good kid. But she don't realize the seriousness of this situation. Here I am, the only guy in town that's caught on to this guy. And who can I convince? Nobody. My gosh, if he realized I knew his secret, he'd bump me off the... Don't shoot! I mean, I put him up. I see you. Oh, who is it? Answer. Answer. Or, uh, come in. Hi, Mister. Oh. oh. Hi, sis. Come in, quick. Get out of the line of fire. What line of what fire, mister? Well, you never know when there might be shooting, sis. Oh, goody. Who's going to shoot somebody? If that guy Schmaltz across the street catches on to the fact that I'm on to his game, he'll be shooting at me. You realize that guy's a German spy, sis? Gee, honest, mister, how'd you know? Well, he wouldn't lend me his llama, or, well, I know it, that's all. <laughs> he takes pictures of war plants. He's got a German accent. He keeps pigeons. I know it. Career pigeons. Carrier pigeons. My daddy says when a man spends as much time with his pigeons as Mr. Smouse does, it's a career. <laughs> so, your old man, I mean, so your father noticed it too, did he? Hmm? I says your father noticed this guy's activities too, eh? Sure. My daddy says if Mr. Smouse's pigeons don't quit eating our garden seeds, we're either going to have grilled smouse or squab on toast. <laughs> your garden seeds ain't important, sis. This guy is a sapatini. He's perfectly likely to throw a handful of incendiary bombs into the car barns and disrupt transportation. Gee, mm. did you tell the cops, mister? Who did you? Who did you? Who uh. did you? <laughs> I've told the cops. I've wired Washington. I've squawked everybody. And what happens? Nobody believes me. I'm an alarmist. I'm a big stoop. I'm a fussy old fool. I know it. Huh? <laughs> I tell you, sis, something has got to be done. But quick. Okay. Huh? I'll get Willie Toops, and we'll take his air rifle, and we'll bust a couple of his front windows, and when he comes running out, I'll go in his garage and let the air out of his tires, and while I do that, you cut his telephone wire. Hey, 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 hey. Now, not so fast, sis. Not so fast. We got no authority for stuff like that there. Well, gee, has she got any authority for throwing in sanitary bombs into the car barn? <laughs> Well, no, but my guy said... Okay, then. A... Okay, then. Huh? Willie, bust the window. I'll let the air out of his tires. You cut the phone wires. Willie chases the pigeons away. I'll sneak in the cellar window. No, 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 no. No, sis, no. Hmm? Gee whiz, we can't take the law into our own hands like that. The guy may be a rat, but he's entitled to the due processes of the law, see? we got to be legal. 
Is it legal to be a German spy? Well, no, but Okay, she's... then. Willie shoots the one that's out of the alley. You shoot the ball. No, 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 sis, no. Willie chases the pigeons. I sneak in the star window. Hey, Willie! No, no. <laughs> Kids liable to ruin everything. I'm going around over there. I hear you talking to somebody, McGee. Yeah, the little girl from across the street. I told her about Smaltz, and she's all for burning down his house and wrecking his car. Well, that's what always happens when you don't let the proper authorities handle things like this. Heavenly Casey. McGee, you can't let her get into trouble like that. You'll have to help her. Okay, I will, but why can't I keep my big fat mouth shut? Well, here we go. Hey, get back in the house there, you, before you get hurt. What's the matter, officer? Hey, what's going on here? Arresting one of your neighbors, guy named Schmaltz. He's a German spy. You hear that, Molly? Schmaltz is a German spy. That's what you said, dearie. I did? I did! I caught a spy! Now call the newspapers! Call the Conservation is something we hear a good deal about today, and rightly so. There's no argument about it. We've all got to take the best possible care of our things to make them last. But if you've been protecting your linoleum with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, you've been practicing sound conservation right along. You've been giving those linoleum surfaces protection against the destructive influence of dirt and moisture and scuffing feet. That's why we say that the regular use of glow coat makes linoleum last six to ten times longer. The film of glow coat takes all the wear, and the surface underneath is safe. When you consider that in addition to that protection, self-polishing glow coat saves you hours of work and keeps your linoleum floors gleaming with beauty, well, then you can understand why glow coat has become so tremendously popular. It needs no rubbing, no buffing, because it's self-polishing. You simply apply and let dry, and glow coat does the rest. Wherever you have floors of linoleum, asphalt tile, or rubber tile, you'll find Johnson's glow coat offers the easy, economical way to care for them. Ladies and gentlemen, this program begins our 10th year on the air for Johnson's Wax. We'd like to express our thanks to the Johnson Wax people, to Don Quinn, our writer, the National Broadcasting Company, and especially to you. As always, your loyalty and support have been wonderful, and we deeply appreciate it. Next year, we... Oh, for goodness sakes, Hmm? McGee, stop fidgeting. Haven't you any appreciation? Sure, and I got hope, too. Hope for what? I hope that Smalls left his garage unlocked. That's where he keeps his lawnmower. <laughs> Good night. Good night, Al. The character of Mr. Wellington heard on this program was played by Ransom Sherman. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.